two, one. Shalom, shalom all, you Tom Shares, Mike and David with you here for another episode. Excited to be with all of you again for another week. Ah, here we are. There you see Big Dave's pretty face right there in the in the I'm thing. Here. Yes, www.utom.org, where we have all of our content, articles, YouTube page. We've got everything you possibly could ever want on our web page. <laughs> and uh, with no further ado, I want to introduce to you Mr. David Ben Shul. Well, shalom, everybody. Yes, this is going to be a little bit of a different show this time. Uh, Mike is going to be a, more or less the featured speaker here. <laughs> Good um, luck. He usually is just sitting in the back, lounging, relaxing. Eat my yogurt. Uh, just throw a few questions to yeah. me every now and then to keep me going. But this time, um, Mike's going to be speaking about more or less the history of the Noachide. Yeah, we want to – Clarification yes. of it. Yes. Uh, because, you know, we're – you want to be an educated consumer. Right. And when you're when we're looking at the, the, the whole concept of Noachide, there's a lot of flavors, variations of it. They have their own sex divisions. Um and uh, what was the other one I had? Sex divisions. Because um, I like the way I worded this, so let me go to that. Um, <laughs> That's good. Um, and denominations. That yes. was it. So was you know, then I'm, you're not. So the Noachide is not much different than it is for any religious body. Right. So, so Mike. I guess I don't know exactly how you want to start this, but right. I'm going to give you the floor. So, you know, um, um, uh, try to introduce everyone to the varieties and flavors of Noachide so they understand that just because they're with one group, right. that there's information in other groups right. that could be handy. So, I'm going to hand it over to you, Mike. Okay, the first thing I need to do is, is if we're going to start into what they are and who they are, I want to go, I want to start out first with who they're not and what they're not. Okay, because okay. there's really right now an attack within other religions against the Noahide movement, against the Noahide laws, against these things. You hear everything from conspiracies, from the Kabbalah is trying to put humanity in slavery. You'll hear everything from the Jews, which is less than 2% of the population of the whole world, is going to put all the Gentiles under the Noahide laws, and they're going to be the slaves for the Jews. And we're going to do all the dirty work for the Jews so they don't have to get their dirty hand. And, you you know, it is funny, but this is actually what's being taught by some of the biggest Hebrew roots messianic people out there is to beware of the Noahide laws because it's the new world order. So, first of all, it's not the new world order. <laughs> Second of all, it's Judaism. If you ever think you can get one group over a bunch of rednecks in the south, you're crazy. It's just not going to happen. And and some of my best friends in the South are Noahides, and they're they're big boys. We all have beers, and we, we'll, we'll fight back. I'm just teasing. None of this stuff is going to happen, but this is the fear tactics that's being pushed out there by some of the biggest leaders within the Hebrew Roots movement. And I make light of it, but it is serious because I believe what they're doing is, is they're committing Lashon Hara in one aspect because they're accusing the Jewish people of manipulating and trying to take over 
the Gentiles to become slaves to them. And, and David, I know you probably heard this yourself. And, you know, and, and, they, and they add a lot of things like, you know, they're using the Kabbalah and they're using all this stuff. And they're basically getting ready for the Antichrist to come on the seed. And when the Antichrist comes, he will be the Jews' Messiah. And then the Gentiles will do all the fighting and killing for the Jews at that time. And that sounds totally stupid, but it's out there and it's in print. I can pull you up in several different articles right now. So there, there, so there is really a uh, people out there that are trying to create fear of the Noachide. Uh, do we call it a movement? Uh, I don't know if you can call it a movement. I, I just say I, Noahide. Okay, so, but, but the Noachide community that's yes. trying to form, right. and it's, it's nothing new. It's been around for thousands of years. So right. why all of a sudden now is it a bad thing? Well, before we've never had to deal with, the, uh, you know, I guess in the past before certain faiths were fought, certain faiths were fighting for position and they weren't as big as they are today. We're here in America. There's one faith that's bigger than the rest of them. And the show we did last about rejection comes into play here. When you find a group of people who are looking at this group and saying, I just can't believe the things that you believe no longer i must pursue something else and then when they start walking out of that faith all of a sudden it's like oh they're leaving they're going to hell because they're leaving this faith they're leaving this person they're leaving this messiah whatever so i think automatically when you see thousands of people start leaving a religion the religion has to become defensive and start fighting to put fear in other people so that they don't leave also. So basically what you're doing is you're creating a, a statement of fear to keep people from leaving your movements, what you're doing. Okay. So really it's a, it's a control issue. It sounds it's, like. Uh, for some. Uh, um, and, uh, they, you know, they don't want to lose their people, but you know, the little bit I do know about no kind, especially when you talk about the seven laws, right. it's all of a sudden it like, it frees a person up yes. to, follow to create a walk to create a a a, a um, moral code right that seems to be instinctively part of us uh that so it, we don't have to uh go through all these religious gyrations well, I'm, I'm getting to, a little, a little course. No, but. I'm, I'm, I'm about to bounce off of your video that you did last weekend on the Noahide law. In its own, you need to watch it if you haven't oh, seen the video. Why you need Noahide? to watch. It. Yes. You know, I'm going to be posting that uh, probably today or tomorrow. Okay. Well, that video within itself, uh, David talks about that before the Noahide laws, which were always around. That was the standard in which the creator judged the people. Without those seven laws, six, and then we know one added later. Without that compass, that plumb line, there was no measurement between righteousness and unrighteousness. So why would a group, a religion, come against seven laws? And, and let's, let's talk about these laws real fast. And this is a, this is a condensed version. So it's not, But the first one, you know, do not worship, serve false gods. I don't see nothing really evil about that. Do you see anything Luciferian with that? Uh, no, except for Luciferians themselves. Okay, good. Do not disrespect. <laughs> do not disrespect God. Do you see anything scary within that? No. Okay. Sounds sound very practical. Right, and here's a bad uh, one. This is going to be questionable. Do not commit theft. 
Okay. So I have to connect. I, I have to collect the tide. So <laughs> do not murder. You see what I'm getting with this? Do not eat meat taken from an animal still alive. Now we're getting into the creator being gracious to all creation, not just man, but to animals and stuff like So I can see the evilness within that also. I can see the Antichrist with that. And then set up just court systems so that we can judge. Oh, and we see Moses fell for that satanic attack because he created the 70 elders to judge people because a Gentile told him to do it. So... Well, I'm being sarcastic here, but if you take these seven laws, yes, you can find each one of them within Scripture. You can find them within Genesis. And like I said, the last one, people will say, well, that's a made-up rabbinical one. Well, no, because we see Jethro taught Moses before they received the Torah. He told them this principle of setting up a court. So to back up with what you were saying with your video of why Noah had laws or whatever, it's a judgment. It is a plumb line that the Creator can look at. Because without that plumb line, he really couldn't judge. There's no standard of judgment. There's no standard of righteousness. So there's no judgment. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. But when we take a look at the Torah and we, we ask, what are the two basic principles? Um, what was his name? Um, Hillel. His name, Hillel. Yeah. He said that, um, love the Lord your God, all your heart, all your strength. Heart, soul, and strength. Right. And then he says, love your neighbors yourself. Right. Everything else is commentary. Right. So it sounds like to me, when you look, we're reading the Noachide, it sounds like this is how you create peace between you and your neighbor. And, and you, we have to ask, you know, when, when, and when Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were in the wilderness and they had these huge crowds of people with them, what principles did they exercise to keep peace within the community? I mean, obviously, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob just didn't, you know, pull something out of the, you know, out of the ground and say, hey, you know, um, I think we're not going to murder them. Yeah, I know it's sarcastic, but yeah. the reality is that's how, in my mind, how foolish people are being. I agree, and, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm not trying to be sarcastic. It's coming out sarcastic because it sounds sarcasm because you take these beautiful seven laws that, like you just said, makes our relationship with the creator and man it it, it it gives us the boundaries to, to, to fellowship with each other, but yet we have people saying that they're evil. Okay, enough of that. I'm off of that subject right there. But I wanted to say that first, that no, they're not part of a new age movement. No, the Jews are not going to put the Gentiles under this. And, and then you'll hear the next, and then the whisper will be is, is if you worship J.C., the courts are going to behead you and they're getting guillotines ready right now in Israel. I've heard that one too within the past 24 hours. So this is the fear. And you said it, you expressed, you said it so well, this is the fear to keep people in a box, to keep them contained because we know that one religion uses fear to the ultimate. And that's what they're doing right now is to keep people in the box. Okay, so yeah, it, it, they're afraid of uh, sheep stealing, more or less. Yes, exactly. Exactly right. And God forbid we see people free from religion and seeking the Creator. God forbid that. Well, see, that's that's the thing. And, and, and I've noticed this, and, and I'm trying not to go too much further because I, I know we want to deal more with the history right. of the Noachite. But one more thing I should probably um, uh, talk about, and that is that People in general, if you don't ex how do I say this? If you don't accept their religious belief system, religious belief system, 
then it loses legitimacy in the eyes because people in general are lazy to go out and search for themselves. Right. It's like, it's like they all, how do I say this? I don't know how to say this, Mike, but it appears that people find comfort in others believe in the same thing they do. Misery loves company. Misery loves company. And we don't realize that a relationship with the creator is unique. And right. with the seven Noachide, you can have a really a unique relationship with the creator and yet have some formalized um, court um, yeah. um, beliefs that will keep peace within the community. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 you know, we'll kick off with the history right here because this is important. Yeah, we can get into the history. That. That's fine. We know that 30 years ago, uh, there was a uh, interest all of a sudden amongst non-Jews to join themselves with Israel. And at that time, the Messianic movement had not yet kicked in. Uh, Jews for Jesus had started their, you know, started their ministries and stuff, but that was mostly up in New York. So down in Texas and Alabama and Georgia, we didn't have none of that stuff here. So you had a bunch of Baptists and, and, and Pentecostals being awakened by the creator saying, you need to look at this path right here. And I'm speaking of Judaism first. So you had a, a bunch of people just all of a sudden overnight wake up and say, we want the Torah. We want Torah. Well, they wanted Torah, but they didn't. They were not in situations, not living near synagogues, not living with kosher food, not living. They couldn't be within the community of Halakhic Judaism. You, see, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So the rabbis at the time were kind of overwhelmed because they wasn't ready for this. They'd been dealing with Judaism and not so much non-Jews except for conversion, but they started studying upon the Noahide laws, which like you said, have been around from the very beginning. I can prove it in the book of Acts. They were around at the book of Acts. We can prove they were around way before then. We can go all the way back to Genesis to see these laws have been in effect. Well, all of a sudden these people, and I'll name a few, Bendel Jones, huge, Jack Saunders, huge. He just passed away up in Tennessee. Uh, Ray Peterson, who's still around. Uh, uh, there's Prescott Johnson, who was also still around. These are the ones that I know that I had talked to personally back 10 years ago. And at that time, the tide had already started to die at that point. But these men actually started the what we call the Noahide movement today. Now, in the beginning, uh, people like Vendel Jones and Jack Saunders, were learning what they were learning as rabbi, rabbis would come through their town. You can imagine Jack up in Tennessee, uh, North Tennessee, I believe it is, up in the mountains, didn't have much of a Jewish gathering there. But people like uh, people from the Temple Institute from Jerusalem and stuff that were coming into this country would stop by and see them. And, and David, these are, you know, we make fun of me being in the South, being country and stuff like that. These people were, they were, they were, country okay they really were i mean even in alabama we would probably say they were like mountain people and you can say what you want wherever you want to go with that but these people the rabbis would stop and share nuggets with them they were doing shabbos but they were doing it as the rabbis were telling them they had their own talits they had their own kippas and the rainbow became the brand for the noahide back in that day well unfortunately like everything else you said the word denomination started. And then some people started seeing ching, 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 ching. And I don't want to say none of the ones that I mentioned were none of these people that were, that I know of that were in for the money. It became 
higher ups basically. So they really feel like that this was going to be a booming experiment and that many people were going to come out of the church and they really saw the opportunity that they could create a, uh, a movement, as you said earlier, a movement. And they could also make a lot of money off these people also because you had to pay for the teachers coming from Israel and stuff like that in. And then, you know, it wasn't good enough. You had to have your own talits and you had your own markings to be a Noahide. You didn't want to be like the Jews. Basically, this whole thing peaked. And then in the late 80s and 90s, it just started fading away. Never went away. The Noahides were still strong. You still had the, you know, you still had a lot of the um, online groups and stuff like that that were still hanging in there. But during this time, a lot of confusion came in within the bot uh, within the body of the Noahides, and then you had to start people rabbis saying, "Can't do Shabbos no more, can't do this no more, no talits no more, no kippahs no more," and you started having divisions. This is where the divisions came in within the Noahide. And then, and, and this is not an ugly comment whatsoever. And if it's taken that way, it's not meant to be. Then you had different groups within Judaism separating the Noahides. You had the Chabad form of Noahide. You had the Orthodox Kabbalah form of Noahide. Then you had the Orthodox who don't believe in Kabbalah, Noahide. So then we started, we started making groups within this. So you see, it's just kind of like the church and Judaism, that even they at the early age have started separating and causing denomination with each other. Wow. So, yes. yeah, it became a complicated mess after a while. It's, it, it's still a mess. Yeah. So No, it really is. It still is a mess. So, you know, that, that see, now that makes it difficult for the people who are in it or people who are looking to be part of it. They don't know who to go to. They don't know who to who to do. So, how do you advise people? I'm probably stepping ahead here, but That's fine. What, how do you advise people to uh, work through this quagmire of 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 a, this mess? When people tell you, David, stay away from this person, stay away from this person, stay away from this person. Don't read this book. Don't read this book. Don't read this book. Go buy every one of those books contact those rabbis and you talk to them because I'm going to tell you what I have found out within this journey is, is the ones that have been open don't care. You see what I'm saying? They're like, learn from who you want to learn. What we have going on right now, and I'll share this information because I've heard it from three different people. We know there's a Sanhedrin in Israel right now. It's not an, uh, it's not acting, but it is a court of 70 people they have going on right now. It's not in power, but yet it's there, and they're practicing for later on in the future, basically. But they're still making rulings and stuff like that. They see the problem here in America. They see what's going on with the division and everything that's going on within the Noahide movement. And they are expressing interest to create some kind of unity amongst the Noahides. And, and you know, we and you have a friend, Terry, with a, 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 moon, a moon track, a, a moon track. You know, we have these, yeah, and we have people like Dan who's trying to do this with his magazine and stuff like that. You really have people that are stepping out there trying to bring some kind of unity. I know I can, I don't want to speak for Terry, but I will because I've talked to him enough to know. We don't care about any of this stuff. We just want to see a, a movement that's coming up without these denominations, a point that we can agree upon seven principles 
And then later so, on, once you understand the connection with the creator and you understand where you're at, you may want to convert later on, or then you may want to start adding commandments to your walk, which all the sages say, once you understand that, you start taking these things on, but just not holistically like a Jew unless you understand how a Jew does these so things. What you're saying what you're saying is there is a concerted effort by uh, those uh, by, by rabbis yes to try to create a a um, um, try to dispel those divisions yes and try to come to uh, a, a unified approach not unified in a sense of being controlled but unified in a sense of feel free to do that go ahead right. and do that Right. Study, learn from those people. Learn from that people. I know, like you and I, we we take more of a spiritual flavor in things. Right. I, I view the seven noachide as being handles or rungs uh, for us to um, climb and to um, to see the Creator. Now, some see it as like a moral code, and so on and so forth. So the, um, there there's so there's such a smorgasbord of of, of, of people and books that you can learn from right. that you can create a very, very healthy and flowing uh, community. Right. I agree. And, and there's, there's some great people out there too, that are, that are out there. They're ministering Jews that are ministering to Noahides. Uh, I, I really don't want to mention no names or not mention names because you wind up hurting people's feelings by leaving them out in the conversation and stuff. But trust me, there's plenty of Noah. There's plenty of, uh, of Jewish men out there who are really trying to lead the Noahide into more of an expression of a, their creator, you know, to, to be, do good works, to be good spirited, not to do hate, not to talk evil of each other, to really bring the spirit of the Noahide laws into a higher understanding than maybe some that are just teaching, don't do this, don't do this, you can't do this, but let's do it. You know, I, 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 we, we were discussing this last night between each, uh, with each other. If we could take the concept of these seven laws and include, include the effort. And, I, and when I think of that, I'm thinking of our Zohar study of, of the effort, the, the, the engagement of the Torah. And we take upon these seven laws and we really engage them with our life experiences. And we really let the joy of this situation happen. We can change the world. But it's got to come to a point where people can come together, Jew and non-Jew, because, David, I know you're a Jew, but you're a Noahide first because you have to follow the same seven laws that I have to follow. So we have unity in the fact that we're both Noahides. Yes, you have a lot more commandments because you're under the priestly tribe. But the fact of the matter is, is we have to come to a unity. And I love what I heard yesterday, not to hold hands and sing Kumbaya that we love each other, but walk hand in hand and change this world for the purpose of redemption, because that's the job of both the Noahide and the non-Jew is to change the world that we're living in. Well, you know, Mike, I remember several years ago, I was talking to a gentleman. He is a Kohen, uh, Ben Zadok. Right. And uh, one day I was talking about the Noachide. This is before I came really on board, obviously. It's right. only recently. But um, I said, you know, what is this thing? And he says, well, where do you see this? Where is it supposedly em- employed? And I said, well, in Genesis. He says, in Genesis, part of what? I said, Torah. He says, exactly. Right. So it, back then, all of a sudden, my mind was opening up, and I started thinking to myself, well, you know, if a – 
Gentile doesn't want to become a full-fledged Jew. It doesn't right. want to become a member of Israel via, you know, uh, through conversion. Right. And, and um, have to make baby steps before you can, you know, you have to crawl before you can walk. You got to walk before you run. Right. So I saw the Noachide as a perfect way for somebody to get their foot in the door and yet minimally do it, but it's still acceptable. Right. And has access to all this wonderful wisdom and knowledge. Right. So is this, um, have you seen, have you seen um, the value of, of the Noachide in that sense as well? Yes, I have. And I, and what I'm seeing is, 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 is I'm seeing more and more of the people that I talk to in some of the videos that I listen to is coming more. All right. You get, let me retrace my steps. A lot of us came from very passionate Christian backgrounds. You know, we, truly loved God, you know, through what we call the spirit and stuff like that. And, and it, 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 it kind of obsessed us during those times. Well, what I'm seeing is, is a lot of these Noahides who are coming out of, of that uh, system into this Noahide are attracting themselves to more of the uh, Hasidic, uh, Chabad, Nachman, more of these, um, I don't know what you'd call it, Hasidicism groups and everything. Well, I'm like you withdrawn with you is, is, is the Kabbalah because that's to me, this is the force behind the Jew and the non-Jew that makes this thing reality. I mean, yeah, we have the words on paper. I can take these seven laws and read them all day long, but if I don't engage what I'm learning, if I don't actually start climbing those rungs that you're talking about and start excelling up that tree, it's just another religion. So a lot of us are learning the spiritual side of this thing and it, it, it becomes more than seven laws. It becomes our life at that time because for instance, you may be at work and I get there at two o'clock. I'm, I'm, I'm there before any other uh, route gets there at my job. Meet, meet us two people. There's five routes. Two of us get there at two. The rest of them get there at seven. 2 a.m. So, right? 2 a.m. So if I'm short a loaf of, if I'm short a tray of bread, what could stop me from going to the route next to me, taking a tray of bread, making my route right, and his is going to be wrong, and hoping he catches it so he don't get charged for it? The seven Noahide laws do that. Because now my concept, as a Christian, I had no problem with this. I'm just going to be honest with you because I could justify it. But now in the system that I am now, I realize that if I take that guy's tray of bread, I don't know what he's got planned for that. I don't know if he's got just enough for his stops. I could actually cost him livelihood for that day, still in that tray of bread. And it's a bad example on my part and everything too. So that's an example of how spiritually the Noahide laws have affected me now. I think about things more than just the black and white upon the paper. I see the heart. I see that when I do something to somebody, they have the spirit of the creator with them also. So when I'm doing something to them, I'm actually doing it to the creator and that changes everything. Uh, okay. Okay. So, um, this draws you closer to the creator and it sets you on a path yes. on a journey yes. uh, that, uh, of development. So, right. so in other words, as you learn all these, uh, seven Okide and right. all the associated commands, uh, you can, you can slowly migrate yourself to more and more of the, um, 613. Well, according, according to what sages say, and according to what I've been told by some Noahide leaders, I don't know if it's Rambam, but one of them said that if a, a Noahide wanted to take up on a 613, 
it's no problem. They just can't say they have to do it. And once they stop, they start, they don't need to stop at that point. It's just like when you become a Noahide, there's no going back to your former faith because you have already rejected an idol. You've already rejected whatever you came out of. So to be going back into that would be tragedy spiritually within your life. In other words, it's that, it's that I know when you become a Jew, you go before a bet dean and you take 10 questions basically and, and you answer them or whatever it is and they judge your lifestyle and it's a big commitment. Well, the Noahide is just as, it's just as important because you're renouncing your former life as a pagan like Abraham had to do. You're stepping out of that system. And it's a really important, it's not just something I want to wake up, oh, I'm going to be a Noahide today. I'm going to follow seven laws. No, because even the sages say, if you're just following the seven laws to get to the afterlife, you're, you're in it for the wrong motives in the first spot. You're not really doing it for the right reason, as we've been studying within the Zohar. Engaging these laws, engaging this. Another example I'll give you, when I used to play Jew, when I used to play, you know, I know I'm Jewish on my father's side, so I don't make light of that. But halakhically, I was walking around with seats on and a kippah and things, which I don't have a problem if, if somebody wants to wear a kippah or whatever. My problem is this. People were looking at me at work on Saturdays with these seats and a kippah on, and they know that the Sabbath is the binding law between Israel, and you know, that was the law. That was a set-up covenant. They would look at me and they'd say, you're working. Why are you working? Well, I'm doing the best I can. Well, that may be true for a lot of Jews that are doing the best they can. I'm not saying you can't. But at the time, I was breaking the first commandment because, I mean, I was breaking three of the Noahide laws because I was stealing an identity that wasn't mine yet. I was disgracing God because I was betraying myself as something and I wasn't and desecrating his law. So it became much, you know, and a lot of people may not feel that way, but it, it, I feel that way. That's how it was with me that I was breaking these laws. Although I was trying to do the best I could in my own understanding, but in reality, I was killing it. I was, I was, I was killing those laws. Yeah. So in other words, the seven kind of opened the knob, turns the knob to open the door. Yes. To a very merciful, um, easy way to introduce yourself to right. the Torah. Right. So you don't have to overwhelm yourself on a get-go. Well, I think so. we, we heard a class a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, where the a Jewish man said in there, he says, look, take the seven laws. Don't worry about anything else at first. Don't worry about prayer. Don't worry about anything. Connect. Later on, once you grasp these seven and you really get an understanding and they become a part of your life, study Kabbalah. Study this stuff. Study. Start doing this stuff. You know, people talk about the Shabbos or Sabbath. There's nothing wrong with a non-Jew to celebrate the Sabbath. Now, halakhically, you know, there's dangers when you do things and you don't understand halakhically what you're doing. There's dangers. So if you don't understand, have a family dinner on Friday night. You know, just rejoice in the Sabbath, but you're doing it in a different way that the Halakhic Jew would do it. You're not confusing people when they look at you. Oh, you're a Jew. No, I'm not. I'm a Noahide. And I'm a non-Jew, but I'm celebrating the Sabbath. I'm rejoicing in the fact that's what we're supposed to do. So what I'm saying is there's things that you can do. You just don't do it as the Jew would do it, basically. So now you got the Noahide. Right. Got that journey. Right. Towards Israel. Right. Is there anything in between the two? 
I mean, is there a group of people or is there, is there, is there another aspect of the picture? Um, yes. Yes. Yes, there is. And, and when you start studying, and, and this gets into a deep subject of show by itself. In the scriptures, the word Noahide never appears. You never see right. Noahide at all. You don't see B'nai, Noah. You don't see any of these words. These are much later words that come along after that the sages and stuff use to say the sons of Noah is what it is. In scripture, when you read this thing, and this is a lot of contention right now within our movement also, because a lot of these titles are causing separation within our group. In other words, in the word is a ger, G-E-R, which means a stranger in a foreign land. In other words, the Jews, the Hebrews were gers when they were in Egypt because they were not in their homeland. They were strangers in Egypt. Well, a lot of people within our movement consider themselves gers and what they do is is they approach the torah in a non-jewish thing they take upon many of the laws of torah and uh but not as a jew as a non-jew is what they do and that causes a lot of contention within judaism because a lot of the rabbis say that this term is incorrect or it's misused and stuff and then a lot of people say it's true and there's a lot of rabbis who promote this term to me it's a silly argument because as I said earlier, within my house and my learning and my understanding, I'm not being ugly. Only the creator can guide and teach me what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do. Uh, I want to say the word gird, teshuva, teshuva. I can't say it. <laughs> you know, I can't say it. But uh, that word means a righteous non-Jew within Israel, who one who sojourns with the Jews, who keeps, the, keeps some of the Torah, but yet they're allowed to eat. There's one verse within the Torah that says that if you find an animal dead or an animal that's not killed kosher or something like that, you can either first sell it to the nations or give it to the ger living within your gates. So it shows that there are people that lives within Israel with the Jews who are in fellowship with the Jews who are able to eat a meat that a Jew cannot. So it shows a separation between the two groups, between a ger. Now, a ger also is a convert also. There's another word for a ger, which is a convert. Those that come out of uh, the nations and join into Judaism, there's also referred to a ger too. That's a subject that is really a messy subject, and it's one of those that kind of causes division. I don't think the teaching actually does, but I think the name calling and the title things really causes division within our movement because I really feel like we need a consistent flow of teaching of the seven and we need to understand the connection with the creator and then I don't care if you want to take on anything that's not my business my business is my walk with the creator and I don't think anybody has the right to say you can or you cannot once that point you know I don't live in a community anyway, so it doesn't matter what I do here. But I don't desecrate. Uh, I, I try to. What I'm trying to say is, I use the seven laws, and I think it's Noahides. I would love to see a consistency within that. With that alone, stop worrying about titles. Let's stop worrying about what we call ourselves, and let's just start getting into action, helping our Jewish brothers and sisters getting redemption upon this earth. Is what I want. Yeah, and there's a lot of effort, I know, to try to uh, bring this whole thing together, like you were talking about with uh, Dan Barwell with his yeah. book. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, his magazine, and we have an article that will be appearing in there as well. Right. And he's reached out to quite a few um, yes. leaders out there to uh, contribute uh, articles to there, and I think he's even going to be having individuals or rabbis speaking about um, the uh, the individual um, principles 
and um, how to observe them. So uh, there is a, a big effort, again, a, res a resurgence in this. But I think this resurgence is probably much different than last time. I, I, think, I think the last time was an introduction. It splintered a little bit, but now I think there's an effort to bring it back together and create a non-denominational form of it. In all fairness, David, it's nobody's fault. And how I say that, it's a subject, it's a, it's, it has to be an uncomfortable subject for the Jewish rabbi, especially the, um, the one that has a synagogue who just wants to do their job and to, and to help their community and be the spiritual leader of their community, all of a sudden have these non-Jews knocking on the door say, hey, I want to be a Noahide or I want to be this. And they really don't, a lot of them, to be honest with you, don't understand because I know when, when I was in Christianity and anybody who was in, like me was in preaching understood that when you went to Bible college, the understanding you got within Hebrew and Greek and all of these subjects was just a touch and go. You see what I'm saying? And a lot of the, uh, the rabbis that are especially leading congregations don't get the Talmud study that a lot of these people within yeshivas that are studying like they do get. So it's not, it's not nobody's fault. There's just a lot of uneducation upon the subject and I'm certainly not an authority on it. I'm just picking up what I see in bits and pieces, but it's not the rabbi's fault. It's not the Noahide fault. It's just an inconsistency that people don't have the same understanding and knowledge. This really gets to be a passionate subject to a lot of people. There's a really, there's been fighting over this subject. There's been uh, friendships lost over this subject and everything. And I'm really praying that the creator will create a unity uh, a glue that'll stick us all together that we can actually stay together, get some consistency from the Sanhedrin and the leading rabbis, and then just go with this thing. And let's, let's get this, let's get redemption going man. let's work together and get this yeah. done. Well, I guess then to kind of like wrap this up, I uh, actually, I don't know what time where I, I forgot to. Yeah, four minutes. Yeah. Um, can you just give a practical advice to anybody who wants to jump into this? How should they progress yes. so they get the most out of it and, yes. and most growth? Yes, I can. And first simplify this. Yes, exactly. The first thing you need to do is, is you, first of all, don't get into the controversies at first. You're going to eventually get into them. But at first, you need to back off. You need to just get in there, and you get, need to get a list of these seven laws. And the, the Art Scroll has a, a list within there, the uh, thing. You can find them online. You can find these laws anywhere. Take these laws, and you'll find scripture references in some of them within the Torah where these laws are at. Take these laws, and you find them yourself within scripture to prove that it's not man-made, prove the rabbis didn't make these things up. And then I promise you, once you take these seven laws and you really start meditating on them and concentrating on them and you dig into each one of them, in other words, don't do this. Do not worship, serve false gods. Well, I haven't served a false god today. I guess I did good. No, get into the spiritual, get into what it's really talking about. And you're going to find yourself bouncing between these, David, in the Ten Commandments because they bounce off of each other. I mean, they're almost inseparable, some of these situations that he gave the Noahides and he gave Israel at Mount Sinai. Uh, start getting into these laws. Start studying within yourself. Stop going to YouTube 
letting these people tell you what it's nothing wrong with getting an introduction like watching this show and watching other shows but don't take every man at their word get into the torah get into the book of genesis and start truly seeking these laws out yourself and i promise you there are some books out there that i don't like to really recommend out on video but if you would you know if you want to contact david or myself there are some books i will recommend uh to you on these subjects because there's so much opinion out there. There's so much authority out there on these things. But the fact of the matter is, is what you need to do is take these seven, step back out of religion altogether. Let these seven laws just consume you. Start meditating and concentrating, studying, listening. Find you a teacher. Find you a teacher that's not going to just teach you, but will learn with you. That's one thing I appreciate about David is we learn together. We don't have a leader although he he is my teacher but the fact of the matter is is we learn off each other and if you can't find somebody that you can't learn off each other that has all the answers that's probably not the place you need to be uh, there's other good people out there Noah highs get with them and just talk with them and, and get ideas like that but the main thing i would suggest is you get the seven laws get within the torah and i think the creator will start pushing you in what direction you need to go Right. So dependence is on the creator. You're, you're getting creator focused. Yes, exactly. And, uh, right. Which is what the seven does. And right. uh, you get, become more aware of the creator's presence and the dislikes and the likes of the, of what the creator, what a creator likes or dislikes. Right. So, okay. Very good, Mike. Uh, right. I can see there's at least a half a dozen different shows that can easily spike off of this thing Yes. or, or, or branch off of. So um, we'll have to plan some of those. Right. But, uh, Mike, I'm going to turn it back over to you. Right? Not right. that it was all about you so far. <laughs> well, I, I, what I want to say is, is I'm yes. in no way an authority upon the Noahide movement. If you know me, I'm a study, I study religion. I studied from Sikhs to Hindus, Jews, Christianity, all sects of early Christianity. I'm a lover of history. And years ago, I got into studying the Noahide religion because I was like, what in the world is a Noahide? So when I started getting into it, I met these, you know, Vendel Jones was a key to me because Steven Spielberg used his character in Indiana Jones. That was based off Vendel Jones's life because he was an archaeologist and found a lot of biblical stuff. So I knew there was some credibility to it. So I just want to explain I'm not an authority within this movement, but yet I have studied enough to understand a lot of division, a lot of people out there manipulating, want to take advantage of people, but it don't have to be that way. And I'm so happy and thankful that there's a amongst even Noahide groups that me and David are aware of locally who are trying to unify, no, not become like each other, but to unify, to lead people into the seven laws to where they can step out of religion and find the connection with the creator and start walking on that Genesis wall. Okay. And that's so, it. Mike. Okay. That's it. Okay. Very, very <laughs> good. Okay, Mike. I'll just let you close up then. All right. Well, that was, uh, we hope you enjoyed this. Yeah, you didn't get to say goodbye because you didn't yeah, say Yeah, it. I got to say goodbye. I wish everyone well. Have a Shabbatov. And uh, may Hashem bless you according to your efforts in pursuit of him. I mean. Yeah, and, and again, if you want information on different groups that we know uh -huh. that we recommend, books and stuff like that, go to our webpage, www.utom.org. Go to contact and contact David, and we'll get you the resources and people that we know personally uh, 
that some live close to me that uh, we would recommend maybe to help you out on this journey. We just really want to be careful because there's a lot of, a lot of bad information out there also. But uh, again, we hope you enjoyed the show. And until next week or next time, Shalom, Shalom. Shalom, Shalom.